Oh, you are the God. You are the God most high. You are the God who is overarching over all creation. You are the God who placed the stars in the sky and caused the oceans to swell. You are the God who raised up the lands. You are the God who designed all things, from the stars to the tiniest insect. You are the God who is over all and yet in all as well. You are the God that reaches down. You reach down from on high to be with us. You humbled yourself. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you. We, we're so grateful that you reached down. You came into our pit. You came into our pit, Lord. You sent your son to redeem us, to buy us back, to deliver us, to free us from all that that held us and does hold us and will hold us. You died, Lord. You died to save us from all of it. You are the God that is over all and you stay there. You are the God that will be there enthroned forever and ever and ever. And you are the God that releases his power to us now and all time. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God. You are the God that that is beyond scale, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Just listening to the tongue, it was very hard to not hear one word that she kept saying, which was shukran. And anyone who maybe speaks any Arabic or something like that, it's the word for thanks or thank you. And um, uh, I don't, oh yeah, I just want to pray from that. Father, we do thank you. Thank you that you've drawn us into this uh, great creation of yours. Thank you that you've uh, uh, dealt with us, uh, not just as individuals, but you've made us a family. A family to inherit the promises of God, to live in the great creation that you've made. Thank you. Jesus' name. I'm kind of guessing that the lady doesn't speak Arabic. (laughs) Not like Dan does. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. What an encouragement to hear. Lord, something so powerful, Lord. Arabic word coming out there meaning thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just say thank you. Let's just thank you, Lord. Thank you. Whatever it is that you need to give thanks for, give thanks. Thank you, Lord. Even if you're in the hardest situation, even if you're in the hardest days of your life, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even if you're at the top of the hills and looking over the views and looking how beautiful the views are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, wherever we stand, wherever we are, we thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that our status... Lord, our situation, Lord Jesus, our circumstances, Lord, don't affect our status in you, Lord. Lord, we're always your children, and we thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Amen. Band, you've been amazing. Why don't we sort of, yeah, give them a big round of applause. It's not for no reason and say thank you very much. Why don't you have a break for a few minutes? You know, we're going to move on. And uh, a number of the prophetic people, prophets, have just heard from the Lord. And we want to hear from them and hear from the Lord. Just so we've got a bit of background on this, really. A number of us have, uh, we, last weekend, we were away at a Salt and Light conference uh, for prophetic people and prophets across the nation. And uh, it was a great weekend. And hopefully all those guys that were there thought it was a great weekend as well. Um, well I certainly did anyway. It was long days. They, they did uh, work as hard there. Uh, but it was all day, all evening Friday, all day Saturday, nine at nine thirty till nine thirty at night, and all day Sunday as well. But uh, it was just a great time of teaching, of equipping, of inspiring, and hearing God, and not just uh, hearing God for the now, but actually hearing God what God wants to say through His prophets and raising up these prophets amongst us. And across the Salt and Light family, it was about ninety people there. And, uh, you know, that, I believe, is going to have a massive impact on us as a region. And not just us as a region, but across our area as well, with the south and the west. There was a number of guys from over there as well. And a number also of us have been engaging with a prophetic learning community up in Sheffield, with uh, St. Thomas, Philadelphia, which has been awesome as well. Very different style, very different way of learning, etc. But both have been brilliant, I've got to say. And uh, really, for me... And hopefully for those others, this morning is kind of coming out of that and uh, wanting to raise up the voice of God through his prophets and prophetesses. Is that right, is it? Prophetesses? Something like that. Anyway, cheers, Steve. Thanks for your help. And uh, we're going to do that this morning. And uh, some of this stuff might be a little bit weighty. It might be a little bit... um, well, it's going to, I feel it's going to sort of hit us where it hurts, some of it. This isn't to uh, make us feel bad. It's not to make us feel down. But actually, whatever God does, whatever God says to us, it's always, always, always for a redemptive purpose. It's always to win us back. It's always to win us back into the ultimate relationship that he wants us into and that we grow into the likeness of Christ Every single day of our lives. God refuses to leave us as we are today. Refuses. He refuses to leave us that way. It's our choice. It's our choice, whether out of foolish choices, whether out of rebellion, whatever it might be, to stay the same as we are today for next week and the following week. God wants to change us constantly and make us grow into his likeness. So with all that in mind, hopefully, uh, why don't Rich, Rich... Taylor, are you in the house? He's in the house. Oh, yeah. I just thought that uh, tongue was just so encouraging, wasn't it? Well done, Dan. Brilliant. And Ruth as well. That was just encouraging, wasn't it? He encouraged me anyway. Very good. I just saw, uh, praying in a week, saw a picture of seaweed around people's feet. Um, not change. I mean, this is, this is lighter than change. Just stuff. And um, I felt two things really. Obviously, God wants to help us with that seaweed, get rid of it. But also, we had a responsibility to step out of that seaweed as well. So it's both and. It's both God wanting to reach out to us and help us with the seaweed. But also, you know, we, it's not chains. You can't get out of chains. But this is some stuff you can actually walk away from as well. So um, it's a new year. And for some of us, it's a chance to step out 
and leave some of that stuff behind. I'm deliberately using words like stuff. It's not because I haven't got better words. I'm just leaving it general because you'll know if it's you. Ziggy, 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 you're still around. Excellent. You had a word earlier. I just felt it really fitted in with what we're, where we're going this morning. I hope I'm going to remember what I, I was thinking about. Uh, it's just um, when we come to adore God and uh, we feel as if um, actually I'm not in this place of adoration. I've been snapping this week. I've been horrible this week. I've been messing around. I've made promises I can't keep. I shouldn't be here really. And uh, adoring the Lord. Um, but actually we just sang uh, you are everything to me and the reason why he's everything for me is exactly because of these things. He knows all that and day by day by day this is what he says. I'm everything for you because I know all that. I can give you my life if you give me your worry just admit it and take on board my life for you thank you Ziggy Graham hi uh, I had a picture this week of um, well actually it wasn't so much a picture more of a memory we've got um, an 80 year old house and uh, the paint the gloss paint work is very thick and if you knock it, sometimes whole sort of scabs of it just fall off. And uh, so you could have it painted really nice, glossy. Then you bump into it and just a load falls off and it's no good. And I really, so we've been decorating. It wasn't so much my idea that, but um, we've been decorating. <laughs> and you've got to get this off to get a decent, solid surface that the paint will stick on. And I really believe that God is calling us back to the foundation. God is calling us back to himself, to Jesus Christ, who is the only foundation. In Corinthians, it says, you can build on that foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones. Or you can build on it with wood, hay, and stubble. And the day's coming when God's going to test what we've built on the foundation of Jesus Christ in our life. And he's going to test it with fire, which is pretty serious, particularly if you've been building with wood, hay, and stubble. Jesus is calling us back to himself. Jesus wants a solid base in our life to build on. In Hebrews, it says, let us throw off Every encumbrance, every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles. Seaweed round your legs is like sin entangling your life. If the sin in your life, and I'm not talking about general things, but if as God comes to us now, you find a specific thing, you're aware of a specific thing that you've done wrong or been doing wrong, God's looking for us to turn away from that. And to turn to him. Jesus loves us so much. He loves us so much that he came to die for us. He came to have all that sin put on him and pay the price when he paid the price at the cross. He loves us so much. He wants to build on that wonderful foundation in our lives. And he wants us to join with him 
in putting gold, silver and precious stones on there. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us so much that you died to draw us to you. You died so that we could know the Father. You died so that the Holy Spirit could be poured out into our lives. You died to show us what love is really like and that we might know you who is love at work in our lives, changing and transforming us, taking us from one degree of glory to another. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. We pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would convict of sin, where people need to turn away from something specific. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help them to do that. Lord, where there are people that don't yet know you, Holy Spirit, would you come and convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come, that they might find peace and salvation, be safe in you, because you are the safe place. Lord, I thank you that you haven't come to break us down or to crush us, but to wash us and make us clean and put us to work in your kingdom. Fling us with love, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness and self-control, knowing your power at work in our lives and in the lives of others around us. Lord Jesus, would you help us to deal with you? Help us to throw off every encumbrance in the sin. I'm going to stop for a couple of minutes. If the Holy Spirit's saying something to you, you need to say sorry to God. And you need to, um, yeah, you need to ask him to come and wash you. He will forgive you. He loves you so much. So I'm going to stop now. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Amen. I do believe that if you, want, if you feel that God's put something on your heart and it hasn't been dealt with by that, then uh, by all means come forward at the end. Somebody will pray with you. Just help you to understand what the provision, the wonderful provision that God has made for us in Jesus Christ. Brilliant. Um, I was, uh, we went up to Manchester yesterday and uh, got back far too late in the early hours this morning, but that's a different story. But we were listening to a song as you do in the car and like full blast up. I love it with the music really loud. And it was a new song to me. I don't know if it's a new song, uh, Hillsong song. And it really spoke to me. And I felt it was something very prophetic for us this morning. And one of the, the lines just said, trust without borders. Trust without borders. And... Um, I really kind of feel something prophetic this morning out of that for us this morning. There's something for us for a release to have trust without borders. And some of those borders are borders that we put in place. Borders of sin, borders of rebellion, borders of bad choices. You can think of your borders. It might not be quite that, it might be other things that you know are just borders from stopping you from entering in to another land. 
for entering into another land of freedom. It's like the borders are there and you're having to go with your passport. And when you go with your passport, you find out that your passport's expired. Your passport's gone. And you can't enter into that land. And then you go and try again and you knock on the border gates with your passport again. And the guys are there and they look at your passport again and they're saying, it's expired, still expired, and you have to walk away. And you go and go and go to the border to try and enter into a different land, into a new country, into a new place. But each time you go, you have your passport with you and it says expired. And I just feel this morning that God's saying to us, actually, this is something of seriousness of our life. So our passports can say enter. It's a new date on it. It's a date that does not expire. It's a date that's for eternity. It's a date that will go on and on and on. And that new place is a place of freedom. A place of freedom for each one of us. As we sung this morning of freedom, we enter into that place of freedom. We've got our passport, we're entering into the new land, the new land of freedom. And every single one of us can walk into the new land and hand over our passport. And the guys at the checkpoint say, come on, enter in. It's as if the angels are standing at the entrance point and ushering us in. All of us, every single one of us say, come on in. Enter in. There's a place for you in the new land. There's a place for you in the new country. Come and have a look at the beauty that I have on offer for you. Your license, your passport has not expired. Won't we all just close our eyes for a moment and on the back of what we've already heard from these guys, I do feel that there needs to be a response. It's not a response to me or Graham or anybody else. It's a genuine response to your Heavenly Father. And if you know that's you, why don't you just stand up right where you are now as a Decoration to the Lord. Lord, I want to put this right. I want to put that right. Whatever it is. Lord, I know I've messed up there. I know I've done that. I know I want to enter into the place of freedom. I don't want my passport to be expired. I want you to stamp it with eternity on it. Why don't you just stand up right now before the Lord? Lord, I stand up before you. Lord, I'm one who's standing, not just in front of these people, but Lord, I'm standing in front of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're not after some guilt trip here, Lord. I really, really not, Lord. This is redemptive. This is to win back. This is to enter into that place of freedom with you, Heavenly Father. This is a place of freedom. Redemption. I feel like there's five people here this morning 
who you're tussling with this right now. There's, you know that you need to stand up. And uh, there's this kind of sense in you that you, what you're resisting is a sense that other people in this room will look at you and say, ha, huh, I told you so. And I just want to get out that it's absolutely nothing about that. And that's why I've asked everybody to close their eyes. This is a response to your Heavenly Father. Getting things right. Right in the midst of us being thankful to our Heavenly Father. Right in the middle of that thankfulness of we heard, of the Arabic word. Thank you. Yeah, I just um, felt there was a particular situation that um, I was thinking about this morning. And I saw a picture of somebody caught in a maze. And it was, it was like it's the situation that somebody had advised you not to walk into or warned you not to walk into. And you'd gone against the advice, against the warning, and you were completely lost in this maze. And then the picture switched to Jonah inside the whale, caught in the whale, and how he just cried out to God from inside the whale, and God rescued him. God brought him out. And I just felt that was for somebody this morning, that if you are caught in a maze because you've gone somewhere or done something that, that you were advised against doing, you call out to God in the middle of that, God will rescue you, God will deliver you. Um, the last few weeks I've, had a, a, I've been waking up with a song on my mind, a very, very old song, and the lyrics to one part of it go, and solitaire is the only game in town, and every road that takes him, takes him down, and by himself it's easy to pretend he'll never love again. And then there's another song which I'll talk about in a minute. I think there are two groups of people here, or two individuals who are struggling with loneliness. And this first group or person, you have locked yourself into your loneliness and you, have, you are wallowing. You're finding your identity in your loneliness and in your brokenness and you're not able to give or receive love because you have locked yourself into this game of solitaire. The second group of people, or person, is about loneliness. And it's about, the song is, I'll save the last dance for you, two lonely people together. It's somebody who's seeking um, love and fulfillment through relationship with another lonely person. You're not going to God with your loneliness. You're trying to find it through another lonely person. Both of you are looking in the wrong direction and you need to find your love and your acceptance and your identity in God. Just going back to trust without borders, um, that really sort of settled on me because we, two days ago, we booked our flights to Afghanistan, and I have quite literal 
borders to my trust. <laughs> um, they go about as far as the White Cliffs of Dover and no further. And um, I felt as though that wasn't just me, that wasn't just for me, that actually, beyond what Chipper was saying, um, that there are people here who have um, put borders on the amount at which they're willing to trust God. And it's a situational thing. It's to do with some situation in their lives or some particular thing, whether it's geographical or not. Um, and just that kind of challenge to expand your borders and um, to um, break down your own man-made borders, really. The other one was to do with the word that was given in tongues earlier. And um, I just felt as though it was... Um, I was racking my brains actually trying to remember what the word meant, shukr, and I knew that I recognized it, but I couldn't quite place it. And there was another word that was playing over the top of that word for me, which was shoyad, and it's the word for maybe. And um, just the sense that a lot of us say to God, I think you're in this. You know, maybe you're here. Maybe God is in this situation. And... Um, and it felt as though the word actually that was given wasn't us responding to God in thankfulness, but was God responding to us with his gratitude and God saying to us, thank you, my people, for trusting me. Thank you, because the world does a good job of persuading you that um, the, what you see is real. And sometimes you are persuaded by that. And sometimes you... you um, look beyond that and you see me and you say maybe God is here and I want to thank you for the maybes I want to thank you for the days when you you are full of faith but I want to thank you for the days when you just cling on to me and to my presence Amen Um, I just have a picture kind of similar to the seaweed around the feet Um, and just have this picture of a a path going through the woods um, and there's trees all around and there's this big patch of mud in the middle and you can't go around it and there's I just get the sense that there's someone that's stuck right in the middle of this mud and sometimes you feel like there you can't actually feel the solid ground underneath you and the mud just keeps sucking your feet down Um, but yeah just I feel like God is there to help you through that and he's reaching out a hand and that it's only with his strength that you can actually draw your foot out of the mud and take the next step and reach the far side where the mud ends and the path continues. Um, yeah. Amen. Amen. There will be time for us to pray with people, ministry time at the end. And um, any of those words have spoken to you and you know you need to be prayed for them. We will have space to be able to do that right at the end. So I just want to move on slightly, just take it into a, another gear and just see what God's saying to us, not just as an individual and putting our lives right, but actually as we put our lives right, as I said, it's always redemptive. And then God adds something for us for the future and God adds something for us for, as a region. And wants to give some direction and some clarity to what that might be. And I just want to invite, if uh, Kate, would you come and share your word? That'd be great. And then Bev as well then, please, Bev. I'll change your name. It's all right. I'll call you Sammy or whatever. I had a picture of a ghost town, one of those Wild West uh, ghost towns where there's tumbleweed blowing down the streets and the buildings are 
somewhat dilapidated. And the thing about the ghost town was that the ground was really parched and dry. It was all brown, and the ground was compacted because people had trodden on it, but no rain had fallen on it. And there was a listlessness about this town. The tumbleweed was blowing, and it wasn't really going anywhere. And what the place needed was vegetation. It needed green over the ground. The thing is, if if a lot of rain falls in that situation, it runs off the ground. It doesn't soak in because the ground's so hard, it runs off. And if there's a flash flood in that situation, it can cause lots of problems. It can cause erosion. Uh, the soil gets washed away, and it's not a good thing to happen. And I felt God say out of this that it was like sometimes in dry and dusty situations where we're, we're wishing there was new life, wishing there was new birth even. We sit there waiting for a flash flood. And God says, that's not the way I'm going to come. I'm not going to bring a flash flood that just brings vegetation that's here today and gone tomorrow. God says, don't look for the flash flood. Don't wait passively for that to happen because I'm not going to do it that way. But rather look for where the green shoots are appearing. These are the maybe situations that Hannah was talking about. They're tentative green shoots a little bit of new life here, a new life there. And God looks on them and, and likes them. There may be situations that God wants to turn into definite situations. We should rejoice at the green shoots, the small green shoots. We should protect them. We should nurture them. We should celebrate them where they happen. And in that way, God will change us. We're talking about new life for ourselves. We're talking about new birth for others. God can change us as we put these little situations together. And what God wants is the whole ground to become green and vegetated. But there's an active way of doing that. It wasn't that we should sit and wait for God to flood the land. I felt that there was something in God regenerating some of the not just the promises he's given us, but the things that are in our heart, that he's put in our heart. The things that we look and we think, maybe, that we look at those and say, God, would you come and would you water that? And would you bring something of life into that situation? just want to read something from Isaiah 55. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven... And do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace and mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree. And instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown an everlasting sign, and it will not be destroyed. But the chapter starts with this. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. All you who have no money, come buy and eat. 
can buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. I felt there was an invitation this morning to come, to come to Jesus, to come with those maybes. That's okay. That's good. Like Hannah said, that's, he, God looks on those and he's pleased. Come with those maybes and let's see new life spring up. Let's see pine trees where there is thorn at the moment. Um, Alison, can we have the pictures of the Chester drawers first? Um, this week, I felt God give me a couple of pictures. I didn't have time to paint them, so <laughs> I would like to actually. But, uh, so I've got the closest to it, but I'll describe the rest. Uh, first picture was of a chest of drawers um, that had been painted over. Now, interestingly, I didn't know about I didn't know about um, Graham's word with his peeling paint. Um, Chester drawers that have been painted over a number of times and kind of updated as you do with a piece of furniture. You try and make it look something different, and but also other pieces that have been added, like the fixings on the front where you open it, kind of put new ones on, but they didn't fit properly. They weren't really working properly. And where the paint had been put on, they, the drawers didn't really open anymore. It had got old and battered and tired looking with all the efforts we'd put in to make it look special. It had looked not so great anymore. You wouldn't really want to put that in the middle of your lounge and say, this is my beautiful piece of furniture. It's not a piece that looks something you can be proud of. I felt God was saying... This is us as a church in this nation that we had painted ourselves over. We had tried to make it work. We had layered ourselves up and we felt a bit tired and shabby. And, you know, people wouldn't be very interested in looking at this. But if we could just move to the second one. Pa-ching! That is the same piece of furniture because I looked it up on one of these restoration websites. This is the restored piece. Uh, That is the same set of drawers (laughs) a few weeks later. And I felt God say, he is restoring our church. He is restoring our church because originally it looked like that. And in the Bible with Jesus, his church looked like that. It was a thing of beauty and it was something to be proud of. It functioned. You could open the drawers. Whereas over the years, we've become tired and tried to do stuff in our own strength. And God says, I want to strip off that paint. I want to sand you down. I want to fill in the holes. I want to put the right fixings back on again. You've tried to put your own ones on. I want to put the new ones back on. And he wants us to be a place of pride in his nation again. He wants us to be central in his living room. 
And he wants the drawers to open. And I felt God say those drawers were like the church so people could come in, so people could be welcomed, and the garments could be laid in those drawers and easily removed and easily put in because there's a place of pride that he has for us and that we need to rise up to that. Now, it may be that we need to let God strip off that paint because the person that was restoring it wasn't us. It was, I saw Jesus's hands on this chest of drawers and he was scraping the paint off and he was doing the work. But we have to let him do that work. And there may be times where we need to put down our opinions and let him do the work on us and listen to what it is that he's doing with us. What is it that he wants to do to restore us as a region, as individual churches, as a church, as a nation. So I want us to rise up to that because, you know, I kind of would prefer to look like that and be part of a church that looks like that. I don't want to look like the other one. I really don't. And I certainly don't want to invite my friends to something that looks like the other one. But we've got to let God do it. We've got to let him sand us down and strip us back and straighten us up. So that's word number one. <laughs> word number two. Can you show a picture of the bloke knocking down the wall? There he is. Um, this is something I did do, actually, uh, a couple of years ago at a Salt and Light conference. We have na- sort of nationwide leaders' conferences. Um, I felt God lead me to draw this image. And just this week in our leaders' meeting... It came back up again, and Kate said, surely there are some images of us breaking through and seeing things changed in evangelism and seeing people born again. And we're like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and then it just came back to me and thought, yeah, actually, no, hang on. There was something, and I just felt God wanted to emphasize this again. If you can just think in your minds, because this is how the picture grew um, of a wall, a long, tall wall that was seemed impenetrable. You couldn't get through it. Um, Kate had similar images of the, like the Berlin Wall. We couldn't get through it. It's something that was never going to come down. And a man with a sledgehammer, and he hit the wall, and he hit it again, and he hit it again, and again, and nothing was shifting. But he didn't stop He didn't stop hitting, but he didn't hit it all over the shot because that wasn't going to work. He hit on one point, and this week I saw certain points in the the wall that groups of us needed to hit together, but not just you as an individual. The you, the man, represented a group of people. It may be your missional community. It may be your church. But he wanted you to hit in a unified way together on something that you had a passion for to see this wall come down. Because the wall is where people can't find Jesus. There's no way in. And the other side is the kingdom of God. It's Jesus. It's the light. And there were cracks started to come in the wall that was light coming through that gave us hope and hope in Jesus that he can change things. And as you see those cracks, and I think we see cracks 
emerging in our churches now where we see things change. He wanted us to keep hitting because as you hit harder with our prayers, intentional prayers, intentional conversations, intentional love for people, that the bricks would start to fall. And as they fall, it's actually an awful lot easier because the Holy Spirit begins to work and those bricks start tumbling down so that people, we can reach the people on the other side. We can reach the kingdom of God. Um, And I felt it related a bit to Revelation chapter 5. I'm not going to read it all, but you should go and read it because... This is what's on the other side of that wall that we want people to reach and touch. Um, It says, it's that whole picture of uh, when the scroll is um, lifted up and who is going to open the scroll. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep because we can feel pretty upset and sad that we flipping well can't get through this wall Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll or break the wall and its seven seals. Jesus is able to do it through us. We can't just hit that wall by ourselves, but Jesus is able to do it and he chooses to use us. Are we going to let him do that? Are we going to let him sand us down, hone us, make him his church? And are we going to see this wall fall? Or are we just going to stand on the other side of it and see very little happen? So choices we need to make to work together, to be intentional with our prayers, with our love, with our relationships, and see what God wants us to focus on. Or are we going to just stand there and let nothing happen? It's a choice we need to make. But it's really exciting (laughs) because God's doing it already. And we can see the cracks in the wall. Let's just keep going with what he has for us. Excellent. You know, I I love it when um, we hear God speak to us and the prophetic starts to stir up in loads of us. And uh, a number of you already been coming front to the front and just uh, confirming really the words that we've already heard. And uh, we haven't got time for everybody, uh, unless we want to stay till about four o'clock, but your, t- your, your lunch will be burnt by then. But just great to hear the voice of God uh, amongst us. Why don't the uh, band come up? We're going to pull things together. The band want to come back up. That would be great. And we've been hearing this morning about green shoots and just looking for the small little green shoots coming out of the land, not looking for the... Not looking for the massive or looking for the uh, landslide, but looking for the green shoots that are going to grow. And that green shoots then grow into mighty trees and into beautiful flowers and into lovely things that God has designed for us. It's about growth. And I believe as a region, God's talking to us about growth. I believe he's talking to us this morning even about our churches growing. Talking to us this morning out of that small shoot, looking where the small shoots are in our missional communities. Where are the opportunities? Where are the opportunities in your life groups, in your different group settings that you're involved in in midweek? Where are the opportunities? Where are the green shoots? 
And out of those green shoots, we will see, see growth. We will see multiplication in our churches. We will see church planting happen in our church, in our region, across our region. And where we are only a few churches, we will multiply into many churches as we plant out across our region, as we look for the green shoots and all that God has for us. And then God invites us into a beautiful place. Not to a place that's battered like the first picture off the cupboard, but into a restored, functional, beautiful looking church of invitation, of inviting people into something that God originally planned for his people and for the world. It's a beautiful and attractive place that we're inviting people into place of restoration, a place of life, a place that only God can move. And that's his church. And whether you see it, believe it, know it or whatever, you, every single one of you are the church. Every single one of us represents the expression of God as church in our town, in our estate, in our road. You are the church. You do not come to church. We know it. You are the church. And we will see the church grow. We will see the church multiply. We've had different words as well this morning about worship, a place of worship. And we're going to worship. Let's worship. Let's stand up together. Let's give ourselves to God.